Please be aware that the cast and crew of this program have come in contact with common allergens. When you need a private eye and times are tough, you may not have the resources to afford. Sam Spade, Frank Rice, Mr. Keen, or George Valentine. So who can you turn to except... T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. Yes, T-Bone Stone gives you more value for your covert detection dollar. Today's exciting episode is called The Case of the Two-Ton Turnip and stars Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. We open this episode with T-Bone speaking to the program manager. Excuse me, I need to speak with you, T-Bone. It's important. But Mr. Program Manager, we've already introduced the episode. Can't this wait until we're finished? I'm raring to go. No, it, it can't wait. I need to talk to you. Why aren't you getting upset about being off script? That's just it, T-Bone. I want to throw out the script. I need your help. My help? What are you talking about? I don't know how to say this. It's easy. You open your mouth, move your lips and tongue. Here, let me help you. That's not what I meant, T-Bone. Get your hands out of my mouth. But I thought you needed help talking. That's not what I mean. I'm trying to find the right words. Well, let's talk to the writer. She can probably help you in that department. Will you just listen? Probably not. But continue. A friend of mine... You're saying a friend. But are you really talking about yourself? Would you please let me get a word in edgewise? I knew it would be dangerous letting you get off script. You don't have to get so upset, Mr. Program Manager. Go ahead. I'm listening. Are you? Really? Yes. Please continue. Where was I? You can't check the script because we let that get away from us several pages ago. How about you take it from... I need your help, T-Bone. All right. I need your help, T-Bone. You said that already. <sighs> a close friend of my butcher's neighbor's sister has a problem and she wants your help. A close friend of your butcher's neighbor's sister? How does that work? Very well, actually. The problem is that this woman needs assistance from a private detective and I told her about you. You do know, don't you? And I'm not really a private detective. I just play one on this podcast. Yes, she's aware of that. But she's a fan of the podcast and feels that you are the man for the job. Will you talk with her? Of course. We can tear up the script for this episode. And I'll talk to her. You didn't have to do that. We can just use that script next time. The sorry excuse for talent I have to put up with. Give me those pages. Ignore her, T-Bone. You're the best. Ah, but the best what? You do realize that you'll have to sign a standard contract, just like everybody else. I don't do any pro bono work. Not after that indignant dignitary's case. My friend Mike skips out of town, and I'm left holding a worthless contract. She can sign a contract when she comes to your office to tell you her story. You know I don't have an office. It's just in the imagination of the listeners. Then the contract will be in, in the imagination of the listeners, too. I've got a sinking feeling I'm going to lose on this deal. Soundman, swell the music so we can transition to T-Bone's office. Good morning. 
How may I help you today? My name is Molly Potts. I was recommended by a friend of my neighbor's butcher to see T-Bone Stone. I understand he's a private detective? I was under the impression that you listened to our little podcast. Weren't you paying attention earlier? What do you mean? You're our program manager's butcher's neighbor's sister's close friend. How do you remember that? I pay attention. You don't think T-Bone solves these cases by himself, do you? He has savvy employees. Is he available to see me? I'll check. A moment, please. There is a Molly Potts here to see you. She is apparently a butcher who has a neighbor, uh, or something like that. I know who she is. Go on and send her in. Right away, boss. T-Bone can see you now, Miss Potts. Go on in. Thanks, Verna. Five points for knowing my name, Miss Potts. I've been expecting you, Miss Potts. And please, call me T-Bone. You can call me Molly. So, the friend of my, uh, someone has already spoken to you about me? Yes. Someone has. Isn't he a neighbor of your sister's butcher? Or is it the sister of your dentist's lawyer? I'm so confused. It doesn't matter, T-Bone. We need to throw this to a break. Or was it your butcher's barber's cousin's parole officer? Mr. Soundman, please swell the music and throw us to a break. T-Bone Stone, the Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production written by Donald Spicer's locksmith's cousin and directed by Doug Schaefer's Hamster's Dental Hygienist. As we return to the next act of The Case of the Two-Ton Turnip, everyone is confused about how Molly Potts knows the program manager. We're getting dangerously close to beating a dead horse. T-Bone, I need your help. My boyfriend is Dennis Haley. I'm afraid he might be planning to commit murder, and I need you to stop him. Is he a relative of your butcher? T-Bone, cut the nonsense and move along. You do understand that I'm a real person with a real problem? Yes. And with real money? Alrighty then. Tell me about this Dennis Haley and why you think he may be planning a murder. There is something I want to make abundantly clear before we get to that, T-Bone. I just want to assure you that I'm not guilty in any way in this story. I know that guilty people have hired you a lot recently to help them, and have turned out to be using you to avert suspicion away from themselves. Well, it's nice of you to say that, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do. I heard what you said earlier. I just need you to know I'm not guilty. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not the guilty party. And I will not do anything to become the guilty party. Do you understand that? Okay, then. Let me jot that down. Note to self. Molly didn't do it. Let me start at the beginning. That's always the best place to start. Like I was saying, my boyfriend Dennis Haley might be planning to commit murder and I need you to stop him. Yes, you said that already. Dennis's brother was Simon Haley. You may have read in the papers that he was just executed for the murder of Chris Canning? Yes. I believe I read about that. You see, my boyfriend Dennis blames Connie Haley for Simon's death. Who is this Connie Haley person? Was she the executioner? I didn't know we had a female executioner. No. Connie Haley was Simon Haley's wife. 
Dennis thinks Connie is responsible for Simon killing Chris Canning. I may need a scorecard to keep track of all these names. Here's the bottom line. Dennis, who is my boyfriend, bought a gun. He is upset and thinks his sister-in-law, Connie, deserves to die. Is there a quick study version of this story? You can always have Billy Biggs get the info you need. He seems to be able to understand things better than you. That's probably true. Billy has a firm grasp on reality and quite the way with words. Let me get on the intercom with Verna. She'll get Billy on the case. Hey, Verna. Can you call Billy to the office? He's on his way in, boss. At that very moment, the door opened and Billy stepped into my office. Hiya, T-Bone. I figured you'd need me. Your timing is exceptional as always, Billy. And on a real case. With a real person. This is Miss Polly Potts. We need to help her. Pleasure to meet you, Miss Potts. What you need, T-Bone? I need you to get me the word on the street about Simon Haley and the murder of Chris Canning. Also get the bird's eye lowdown on Simon's wife Connie and his brother Dennis. Both of them have the surname Haley, of course. Get me the details and meet me at Connie Haley's apartment. I'll be waiting for you, T-Bone. That's word on the street for Simon Haley and Chris Canning and the bird's eye lowdown on Simon's wife Connie and his brother Dennis, both of them Haley's. What about the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker? What? Just wanted to see if you were listening. I'll get right on it, boss. He doffed his hat to Molly and rushed out the side door of my private office. T-Bone, you didn't tell him where Connie's apartment was located. That's all right. He'll be waiting there when we arrive. That's right. He does know a shortcut, doesn't he? I was wrong. When we pulled up to the building where Connie Haley lived, Billy was nowhere to be seen. Dennis Haley wasn't inside either. T-Bone, I thought you said Billy would be waiting here when we arrive. I don't know what to say. I'm going to need to mark this day on my calendar. Wait a minute. Isn't that Billy down the street walking towards us? Right you are, Molly. Billy was taking the last bite of a moon pie and down the yoo he was drinking. As he approached, he tossed the trash into a receptacle before he spoke. Sorry I'm late, boss. I stopped to get a snack on my way over. So what you got? Simon Haley was executed for the murder of Chris Canning. It was big news. He had found out that Chris was planning to run off with his wife Connie. I think back then Connie just wanted to get away from Simon. He was a very violent man. Nothing like my Dennis. But since Simon owns a valuable parcel of land at the edge of Crossroads City, Connie quickly got over the death of her boyfriend when Simon was found guilty of murder. Well said, Miss Potts. Connie has been playing the devoted wife since her husband's arrest and she probably expects to inherit everything now that he's been executed. We'd better get inside and warn her about Dennis. When he gets here, I'll convince him that murder isn't the answer to his problems. I'll come back at the end of the story if you need me. Thanks for your help, Billy. It was nice to meet you, Miss Potts. T-Bone Stone, the Discount Detective, is a very amateur broadcast theater production starring Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs. As we return to the next act of the case of the two-ton turnip, we are listening to a conversation between Connie Haley and her husband's lawyer, Gregory Hurst, that took place shortly after her husband was executed. This is a nice apartment you have here, Mrs. Haley. Thank you, Mr. Hurst. I really appreciate the loan. Speaking of loans... You said you would pay me back when your husband was no longer with us. I'm going to need that debt paid. 
I hope I wasn't being too presumptuous, Mr. Hurst, but since you are my late husband's lawyer and executor of his will, I figured once the will was executed, you could consider my debt paid. There is a problem with that, Mrs. Haley. What problem? Your husband updated his will. And you knew about this? No. It was prepared by a lawyer who is a personal friend of the prison warden. I think all lawyers should be drawn and quartered. What changes did he make? He is leaving his entire estate to his younger brother, Dennis. Then we'll need to contest the new will and have a judge declare it wasn't prepared legally. I can't pay you back if I don't inherit. Good luck with that. The new will was witnessed by none other than the district attorney of Crossroads City. I sincerely doubt it will be overturned. Great. I wonder if I can get my job at the automat back. I have a solution to all your money problems, Connie. Marry me. Are you trying to be funny? I'm serious. I live in a large house in Victoria Heights. You'll live in the lap of luxury. No money worries. You must have guessed I have feelings for you. Mr. Hurst, I would marry you for all the money in the Crossroads City Savings and Loan. I hope you'll be happy at the automat, because I'm not giving you another dime. And I expect to be repaid by the end of the week. Get out of here, Mr. Hurst. I don't want to see you ever again. You haven't seen the last of me, Mrs. Haley. After Billy walked away, I looked around once more for Dennis Haley, who was nowhere to be seen. Molly and I walked up the flight of stairs and found Connie Haley's door. I carefully listened at the door. Do you hear anything, T-Bone? No. Let me try the door. The door was not locked. I quietly turned the knob so the sound man didn't have to put in a sound effect. I motioned to Molly to wait outside and stepped in the room. Is anyone there, T-Bone? Come on in, Molly. You'll need to identify the bodies. Bodies? She came into the room as I checked the man for a pulse. (gasps) That's Dennis. Is he alive? There's a pulse. You check the woman while I call Crenshaw and have him send an ambulance. She's Connie Haley. I came back to find Molly tending to Dennis. Ambulance and cops are on the way. Find a pulse? No, she's dead. I thought as much. She lost a lot of blood. It looks like Dennis just has a cut on the side of his head. He's coming around. Oh, Dennis, what have you done? I got some peroxide and towels from the bathroom and gave them to Molly. She had barely finished bandaging Dennis's head wound before there was a knock on the door. Detective Thatcher and crew came through the door and got to work. The ambulance arrived shortly thereafter. What kind of felonious activities are you into today, Gumshoe? Where's Crenshaw? He suddenly decided to take a couple of days off to rest after the manhunt for Fats McGee. I thought you shot Fats. Yeah, well, Crenshaw did the legwork. But I was the one staking out his office when poor Fats turned up. He did not want to come quietly. Did you at least give him the chance to come quietly? What can I say? He pulled a gun on me. Enough said, detective. What's the story here? It's a long story. Okay. Bleeding guy, what's the story? I shot her. She deserved it. Sounds open and closed to me. Ambulance guy, is he clear to go to jail? It's a minor scratch. The bullet grazed the side of his forehead. He'll be fine. Well, T-Bone, who shot who? Do I need to cuff all of you? I knew you might try something like this. That's why I hired T-Bone. I'm sorry, Molly. I wasn't thinking of what I'd be putting you through. I just wanted to end my life after I shot her. Before you cuff anyone, detective, we need to throw this to a break. Perfect. I can find out what happened here during the break. All right, then.
Sandman, throw us to a break. We return to the case of the two-ton turnip and the next act of T-Bone Stone, the discount detective. As our exciting episode continues, Detective Thatcher is showing great self-control. The ambulance and the morgue wagon had left and the evidence was mostly gathered. Dennis Haley was an emotional basket case trying to compose himself on the sofa as Thatcher interrogated him. So you came here with the intention of killing Connie Haley? Yes, because she wanted to run away with Chris Canning. Chris Canning is the guy who Simon Haley murdered. Yes, T-Bone, I'm familiar with the case. Simon Haley was just executed for that murder. I shot her then, realized my life was over. I thought Molly wouldn't want to have anything to do with me, so I shot myself. I guess I missed. The bullet grazed your skull. Obviously, your hand moved. When I came to, Molly and the detective were here. So you killed Connie Haley? I guess so. My memory is a little hazy. Detective Thatcher held up a revolver by the barrel. Is this the gun you used? It was lying next to where you were lying when T-Bone came in the room. It looks like it. I bought it yesterday. With the intention of shooting Mrs. Haley. Simon would never have killed Canning if it had been- It's all right, Mr. Haley. Thatcher has already established motive. But tell me, did you- I'll ask the questions, T-Bone. What were you going to ask? I just wanted to know if he took any practice shots after he loaded the revolver. No, I've seen people shoot guns in the movies. I figured shooting a gun was pretty easy. I must admit, I was a little shaky when I took the shot. What does this have to do with anything, Stone? Give me a second, detective. So, Dennis, how many shots did you take? It's all very hazy, but I think I shot her once. When I realized what I had done, I put the gun to my head and shot again. The patrolman who had been interviewing the neighbors called Detective Thatcher to the apartment door. A minute later, she informed us. Remarkably, all the neighbors Officer Rodriguez interviewed said they heard two shots. Most thought it was a truck backfiring. Or that guy in 2C that always plays his radio too loud. If he only took two shots, then why are there three spent cartridges in the chamber? The gun must have been shot three times. Mr. Haley, you said you only shot the gun twice before losing consciousness? That's the way I remember it. T-Bone, why do you have to mess up my perfectly good investigation? Because, Detective, there are three spent cartridges in the chamber. Did you look at the gun? Don't get smart with me, Gumshoe. I know exactly how many shots have been fired. Obviously, he must have shot Connie Haley twice, then turned the gun on himself. So... All the neighbors have conspired to lie about only hearing two shots, then? Maybe they're mistaken. You know how unreliable eyewitness testimonies can be. Suddenly a man in an expensive suit rushed past the officer at the door and approached Detective Thatcher. What's going on here? And who, pray tell, are you? My name is Gregory Hurst. I'm Simon Haley's attorney. This is Connie Haley's apartment, right? What happened? Mrs. Haley has been murdered. Murdered? Did he shoot her? First pointed at Dennis Haley. Dennis leaned closer to Molly, who sat with her arm around his shoulder. This is an ongoing investigation. I'll ask the questions. What is it that brings you here, Mr. Hurst? Yes. What are you doing here, Mr. Hurst? Who are you? Are you with the police? No. I'm T-Bone Stone, a private detective. Now answer the detective's question. Is that the gun Dennis used to kill Mrs. Haley? He tried to take the revolver from Detective Thatcher, who was still holding it by the barrel. She jabbed him in the ribs with her elbow. 
This gun is evidence in a murder investigation, Mr. Hurst. I'll thank you to keep your mitts off of it. Well, I was here to see Connie about a legal matter, but as she is dead, I suppose I have no business here. I'll just take my leave. He turned toward the door. Detective Thatcher, don't you think Mr. Hurst should stay? Rodriguez! Officer Rodriguez appeared in the doorway, blocking Gregory Hurst's exit. I insist that you let me leave. Officer Rodriguez, please escort Mr. Hurst to the sofa while we hear T-Bone out. As Rodriguez goaded Hurst across the room, I looked around the scene for a moment, then turned to Detective Thatcher. T-Bone, I recognize the look in your eyes. What you got? You can place the lawyer under arrest for the murder of Connie Haley. I'd love to. What evidence is there that supports your theory that Mr. Hurst murdered Connie Haley? I've never been so outraged. I demand that you let me go. This so-called detective is obviously out of his mind. Officer Rodriguez, maybe you should cuff our lawyer friend while T-Bone explains himself. You have no evidence whatsoever that I killed Mrs. Haley. This case will never make it to court. Shut your trap, miscreant, and let the detective speak. You're all going to have to wait until after the break to hear what T-Bone has to say. Way to build the suspense, Mr. Program Manager. Kinda nice being on the same side for once. Ain't it? I thought you'd appreciate it. Mr. Soundman, swell the music and throw us to a break. We now return for the exciting denouement of T-Bone Stone, the discount detective, in the case of the two-ton turnip. As our exciting episode continues, the entire cast is waiting for T-Bone to wrap up the case in a tidy little bow. Most eloquent, Mr. Announcer. I may have to talk to the writer about expanding your lines. No need, T-Bone. We are all waiting on pins and needles. Please go on. This is so exciting. Everyone is waiting with the great anticipation for my explanation. So explain, T-Bone. I was suspicious when Dennis Haley said he had only shot the gun twice since there are three spent cartridges in the gun's chamber. Could he have been mistaken? No, because it has been corroborated by multiple witnesses that heard only two shots. Multiple witnesses have been known to be wrong. You really don't want to give this to me. All right, T-Bone, I give up. It would be quite the coincidence for Dennis and all the neighbors to agree. Been a cop long enough to know that. I don't believe in coincidences. Good to know cops don't either. Please continue. We're all ears. When our lawyer friend here burst into the room and asked if the gun Detective Thatcher was holding was the gun Dennis Haley used to kill Connie, how did he know that? Everyone turned to look at Mr. Hurst. I, uh, assumed... Assumed? You know what that means. Don't go there, Detective. This is a family-friendly podcast. I wasn't going to say anything. Just what exactly did you assume, Mr. Hurst? Just keep talking, Counselor. I'll get you a shovel to dig your hole a little deeper. I, uh, I... Don't bother, Hurst. Hope he's a little more eloquent in court. Go on, T-Bone. You got him on the run. I thought it was kind of fishy when he tried to grab the revolver. Maybe he was worried because his prints were already on it. I'd be willing to bet big bucks on the outcome of Dr. Taylor's print analysis. But Dennis Haley admits he shot Connie. His fingerprints should be all over the gun. But you were the last one to fire the gun, so yours will be all over it too, overlapping Dennis's prints. I believe that Dennis took a shot at Connie, but missed. From where the two were standing, the bullet went out the window. She probably fainted from fright. It's possible. I've seen perps faint from me aiming a weapon at him. But she was shot, T-Bone. Let me continue. Dennis thought he had killed Connie, and in a moment of remorse, he put the gun to his head and then pulled the trigger. And missed again. Exactly. 
This shock caused him to faint away too. That accounts for the two shots all the neighbors heard. But what about the third shot? Mystery gunshot that no one heard that killed Connie Haley. Mr. Hurst happened upon the scene and found Connie unconscious and Dennis bleeding on the floor. And a crime of opportunity was born. He picked up the gun and shot Connie using a pillow from the sofa to muffle the sound. How in the world did you detect that? Look at the sofa, Detective Thatcher. There was only one throw pillow on the left side. This is a woman's apartment, is it not? And one look at her bookcase tells you Connie was fond of symmetry. So where's the pillow now? Have officers check trash cans in the area. They'll probably find it. Hurst obviously took it when he left, and I'm sure he stashed it as quick as he could. You gotta get rid of incriminating evidence, don't ya? He probably thought Dennis would be held responsible for Connie's murder. Like I said, crime of opportunity. Sounds pretty thin to me, Peeper. Detective Thatcher hauled Hurst down to the police station, and not long thereafter, I got a call from her. Birdie's on the phone for you, boss. Birdie? That's Detective Thatcher to you, I guess. I know you two are friends, Verna. But does Detective Thatcher let you call her Birdie? I'm trying it out. Does she know you're trying it out? No, and you're not going to tell her. Got that? Got it, Verna. Put her through. Sure thing, boss. T-Bone Stone speaking. How may I help you, Detective? Hey, T-Bone. Just thought you might like to know that lawyer Gregory Hurst just copped to the murder of Connie Haley. What did I tell you? So give me the details. He was stubborn at first when I showed him the pillow with the gunshot hole in it we found in the alley behind Connie's apartment building. The fact that Officer Guy found a slug in the plaster of the building next door didn't faze him either. Did you get out the rubber hose? Didn't have to. I was about to get it when Dr. Taylor came in with the fingerprint evidence. His prints were all over it, right? Yep. Am I good or what? Don't get cocky, Gumshoe. Anyways, when presented with the fingerprint evidence, he sang like a bird. He decided, and I quote, If I can't have her, nobody can. Like I said, am I good or what? There is one detail in this case that bothers me, T-Bone. What's that, Detective? Why weren't there any feathers on the floor from when Hurst shot Connie through the pillow? Because he shot it through the plot hole. You've been listening to T-Bone Stone, The Discount Detective, a very amateur broadcast theater production starring Jake Vandebrake as T-Bone Stone and Kirk Spicer as Billy Biggs. Also starring Gloriana Spicer as Verna Gibson and Gracie D. as Detective Thatcher. Additional cast members are Emmanuel Martinez as Dennis Haley, Heidi Vance as Molly Potts, Paula Morris as Connie Haley, Ernie Wilson as Gregory Hurst, and Robert Comfort as the program manager. The Case of the Two-Ton Turnip was written by Donald Spicer and directed by Doug Shaver. Be sure to catch our next episode when T-Bone Stone says... A bowl of overheated borscht, a wooden frisbee, and a dime store spy novel with the last page missing spell malfeasance. In the case of the unusual side effect. The art director is George, Mr. Grumpy Venegas, and music is by Fezlian Studios. This is the announcer speaking. Polly Pussy took some time off to visit her friends and family in South America. What?